0: The following is a presentation of the New York Presbyterian Hudson Valley Hospital Center, a better place to get better. Welcome to the Health and Happiness Show with Casey, a weekly presentation with guests, ideas, information and fun designed to improve your life from 100.7 WHUD.
1: Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for tuning in for a little health and happiness today. Want to get ahead in the world? Advice is on the way from the New York Times best-selling author Ron Clark. Move Your Bus is the book that will show you what kind of worker you are and how you can move forward. But first, what are you watching this summer? May I suggest Grace and Frankie, a series on Netflix? Miley Cyrus tweeted her love for the show to her minions. And there will be a season two. But now, season one is wrapped up, so you can watch the whole thing on Netflix. Summer is a great time to feast on this sitcom Grace and Frankie created by TV royalty with an all-star cast Jane Fonda Lily Tomlin Sam Waterston and Charlie Sheen Jacqueline Reingold is a playwright who lives in New York City and she was chosen as one of the writers for season one of Grace and Frankie we are delighted to get some inside scoop on this Jackie thanks for joining us thank you happy to be here so tell me what is it like how did this all come to be and how did you come to write for this fabulous show with these amazing actors
2: well um, I got very lucky I think Uh, 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 Marta Kaufman and Howard J. Morris who created this show for Jane Fonda, Lindley Tomlin, um, found me and read my work, and I actually had just a Skype interview with them, and they hired me, and then I went to Los Angeles and wrote for these amazing actors and for these amazing writers.
1: Oh, wow. Wow, wonderful. How nervous were you for the Skype interview?
2: I was very nervous, and I didn't know that they would be part of it. And uh, Marta created Friends, so she's a TV legend. And little did I know, I put my computer on, and there she was talking to me. And I didn't actually know I would be talking to her. I was uh, very nervous and very excited.
1: Oh, I'm so happy for you. Well, tell us your background and your writing must have impressed them, but what are some of the other shows you've worked with?
2: Um, I wrote for uh, the NBC show Smash for the first season. I wrote for an HBO show called Entreatment. I wrote for one of the Law & Order shows, uh, Criminal Intent, for a couple years. Um, Those are the main TV credits. How does one get into
1: this business?
2: Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I got into it because I'm a playwright and friends of mine that were also playwrights started recommending me for jobs and then hiring me for jobs, and that's how it happened.
1: All right. Jacqueline Reingold is our guest, a writer for Grace and Frankie. Tell everybody the story of the program.
2: Um, well, it's about... Uh two women in their 70s, and they find out, much to their surprise, that their husbands are now in love with each other, and they're uh, divorcing them and marrying each other. And these two women, who have not been great friends, are now stuck together, living in the same house together.
1: And these two women are Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, who in real life
2: have been pretty good friends since 9 to 5, right? Exactly. They are very good friends, and what a thrill it was to work with them. And I will never forget running lines with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin one night, and actually correcting them, um, uh, which was um, uh, uh, thrilling and <laughs> frightening. I'm speechless. What did you? How how did you correct them? What did you say? Well, they asked me to run lines before we shot one of our scenes, and I and I saw, of course, they were making little errors, and I said, um, "Excuse me, but if you ask me to do this, I think I'm going to correct you." And they said, "Of course you will. We want you to." Tell oh. us exactly what to say.
1: Oh, my gosh. Now, is that important? Having done, you know, a little bit of community theater, some people in the community theater world really have to say every word exactly as it's written, and other people fudge a little bit. What's it like in TV world?
2: Um, well, the really good actors, like those two, and the other two on the show, who are Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston, are word perfect. They know the importance of the writer's work. So they they get the words... Uh, Exactly right. It's extraordinary. It's hard, though, sometimes
1: when you're trying to interpret the words, because it's someone else's language sometimes. And if the writer's not there to say, what do you mean by this?
2: Right. Well, um, I was there. The writer is always on set when it's their episode on this show, so there's a constant communication between the director and the actors and the writer and the producer all all around.
1: Wow. And does ever, like, Lily Tomlin or Jane Fonda turn around and say, you know, could I use this word instead of that, or they just go with your word?
2: No, once in a while they will do that, and um, with care and respect, and of course, um, they're brilliant and talented and smart, and they're usually right.
1: Cool, cool, cool. All right, let's just think for a minute and picture Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston in love.
2: (laughs) Yes. I can do it.
1: I can picture them in
2: love. Watch the show. You can even see them kiss. And this was all Marta Kaufman's idea, you say, yes? The idea came from Marta, and actually her daughter, together they came up with this incredible idea. And uh, wrote it specifically for for Jane and Lily.
1: And how cool is it to see older actors being so darn sexy and
2: gorgeous? Absolutely. I think I wrote the episode where uh, Jane, I think, put it on Facebook that it was the first on-screen kiss that she'd had in 20 years.
1: That's really cool. We can do this now. We can binge on television, right?
2: Yes, yes. It's a whole new way of watching TV.
1: And everyone's binging on Grace and Frankie. Who's Grace and who's Frankie? uh Jane Fonda plays Grace and Lily Tomlin plays Frankie. And in uh the show they're not they're not the same type of person, yes?
2: Um they're very different. They are it's a kind of an odd couple setup, so they're very different personalities that are thrown together for a lot of comedy. And poignancy, actually. Okay, so I can go to
1: Netflix. I can watch the whole first season.
2: Yes, you can watch all thirteen episodes if you really want to all at once. <laughs>
1: well, I might have to pace myself. Now, what <laughs> happens? You've got
2: picked up for the second season. Yes, the second season is being created as we speak. I heard that Miley Cyrus had something to do with that. Is that true? Um, I really don't know about that. I read the same thing you read, but that's all I know. Yeah, and that was cute. She tweeted, yeah. and yeah. you know, and I think all- she, I think she loved it. And that's that's all I know yeah were there any cast
1: parties or rap parties where you got to hang out with this wonderful cast
2: well there was an amazing rap party at the when we were done which was at Marta's incredible house yes uh, uh Jane was there Lily was there Martin was there Sam was there everybody's there the whole cast and crewed um and let me tell you those women are not only funny and talented and brilliant but they're gorgeous
1: now you are a playwright in New York what's happening for you next
2: I'm writing a play. (laughs) That's what I'm doing this summer. So I'm writing a play, and I hope to finish it soon.
1: Now, this play doesn't have anything to do with, say, two married couples who break up. No, right?
2: No, it doesn't.
1: Can you give us a little hint, or you haven't even thought of that yet? Oh, uh, it's kind of a, a, a
2: fairy tale romance comedy. A fairytale romance comedy, love it. And where can people go to find out more about you? Oh, um, I have a website, which is my name, JacquelineReingold.com.
1: JacquelineReingold.com, perfect. Anything else our listeners need to know?
2: I would just like to say that the, one of the important and wonderful aspects of Grace and Frankie is that it is about um, people in their 70s, and that up, up until recently, TV has really left out that Generation, and I'm thrilled that this show um, is putting actors that age onto your television in a funny, warm, dramatic, and compelling way.
1: She is a gem. New York playwright Jacqueline Reingold working on a fairy tale romance comedy for the stage now, having finished season one of Grace and Frankie. Go find it on Netflix. Next, the perfect book for the newly graduated or anyone wanting to accelerate success in their lives. Move your bus. We'll tell you how next.
0: This is the Health and Happiness Show with Casey on 100.7 WHUD. Find out more and listen to previous shows online at CaseyRadio.com.
1: How does an award-winning Hudson Valley Hospital get even better? It teams up with the number one hospital in New York. Hudson Valley Hospital is now part of New York Presbyterian, and with our new name comes new possibilities. New York Presbyterian Hudson Valley Hospital now has expanded clinical services previously not available in the Hudson Valley and easy access to the expertise and resources of New York Presbyterian in Manhattan. Visit nyp.org slash Hudson Valley to learn more about the amazing things happening. Here. I'm Miranda Cosgrove and I love dolphins. Did you know that dolphins sing to find food, to communicate, to live? But seismic blasts, a hundred thousand times louder than a jet engine, could blow away dolphins and their song. Tens of thousands of dolphins could be hurt or killed. Please help. Let's keep dolphins singing. Join Oceana and help save dolphins. Go to oceana.org. That's O-C-E-A-N-A.org. Hi, it's Casey, and here's a book for the recent college graduate or for anyone starting a new job. Or if you just want to get ahead in your present job, pick this up. New York Times bestseller Ron Clark says, imagine you're on a bus, but this bus is powered by the feet of the people on it, your co-workers. You've got your runners and your walkers and your joggers and those colleagues who pick up their feet and slow us all down. This book will allow you runners to shine and you joggers to become your best, and it will teach you how to equip people to meet your expectations. Ron Clark is joining us on the Health and Happiness Show. And where is home for you, Ron? Where do you park your bus?
3: Home is actually in Atlanta, Georgia right now. I teach in here, and I run a school called the Ron Clark Academy.
1: The Ron Clark Academy. Is that what made you uh, Oprah Winfrey's first phenomenal man?
3: No, it's actually a result of it. I was teaching in New York City and I was named the American Teacher of the Year and I got to be on the Oprah show. She told me I should write a book and I wrote a book called The Essential 55 and she profiled it later on her show and it was a bestseller for months and months and all the money went into a foundation that we used to build the school in Atlanta, Georgia. I wanted to do it in New York City, but it was going to be so expensive and we found a huge factory in downtown Atlanta that was in a really challenging area and so we decided to Build this factory and turn it into a school and then what we did was we went we went around the country we found the best educators in all of America and put them all in the same building most of them are former national teachers of the year and what we do is we teach in ways that are creative and innovative and different and we open our doors every Friday we have hundreds of educators from all over the country they visit they watch us teach they learn about our methods then they take our ideas back to their own schools we've had just under 30,000 educators come so far to learn from us
1: It may be summertime, but I could hear teachers right now saying, I want to work there. I want to work there.
3: (laughs) It's a great place because everybody in this building is just focused on kids. It's not about test scores, and it's not about drama. It's just about what's best for kids. Let's make it exciting. We want them to love to learn. And when you have that type of energy, you're going to have success. Our test scores are extremely high, even though we work with a lot of kids who come with um, issues or they might not be on grade level when they come here. And the reason is because we don't focus on preparing them to test well we prepare them for life and to love to learn and to be excited, and we push them academically, but it, it's in a fun way.
1: Ron Clark is the guest. Move Your Bus is his new book. I want to know who inspired and taught you.
3: Oh, wow. I, I'd say probably my parents. I'm the first person in my family ever to go to college on either side, but my parents just had a really strong work ethic. They were about, um, Working hard, no excuses, and that's kind of how our nation was built. But as I look across the country now, it's kind of a wussified education system. (laughs) We're raising raising soft children who don't really have a work ethic. And so, what I try to do, and kind of the idea of move your bus, is for all of us to work harder, to be more focused on working smarter, and not to complain so much. And I just look across the country, and kids are just being raised in a way where they're coddled, they're given too much, they're 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 Boiled history shows us I teach history that when you look at any of of the major civilizations that have have been at the top, whether it's the Romans or the british, what what tends to happen? that causes the civilization civilization to fall doesn't deal with the military, the economy, it deals with the education system. Because the the youth are coddled, they're given too much, they don't have to work as hard, and the civilization starts to decline. While other civilizations that are working harder, they will rise. Right now in the world, the United States is 27th in terms of academics. And so it's starting to happen here because we're so focused on the self-esteem of children, we're not really teaching them how to work hard and to achieve
1: Wow. You're getting a lot of reaction, I'm sure, from these words. Ron Clark, as American Teacher of the Year and and what you do at the Ron Clark Academy, I'm sure you have a fantastic vocabulary, but wussified is a new one on
3: me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's in the dictionary. Yeah, not Sometimes. yet.
1: Not yet. All right, so do you think there is a way for parents to uh, create children with good self-esteem without giving too much or coddling? You must, of yeah, course. Yeah,
3: there's an easy trick, an easy trick, and it's something that we do here, and I talk about it in the book, Move Your Bus, as well, but basically... We've got to stop telling kids they're gifted and special and princess and smart. What you want to do is you want to compliment kids when they do something. If they make a comment or if they clean their room well, you want to say, wow, that was a really smart comment or wow, that was really respect for the way you clean your room. So you, you want to teach your child that they should be complimented for their actions and not just because they won the genetic gene pool and they happen to be naturally gifted or smart because in our civilization, it doesn't matter how smart you are, if you're not willing to work hard, you're not going to be successful. So it's kind of a mind shift of instead of just telling kids how special and bright they are, you're just filling them with empty self-esteem, actually congratulate them in praise and point out things that they do. And then they'll learn, oh, when I do things that are great, that's when I receive praise, not just because I'm naturally me.
1: Right, right, right. Okay. So you made a good choice, or that was a great play, or I saw you really thinking, or you got your homework done right away. Those are things we can compliment them on.
3: Perfect exa- examples, exactly. And then kids will learn, oh, my actions, that receives the praise, not just because I'm just naturally bright. If you tell a kid how bright and gifted they are, kids tend to believe, oh, I'm already gifted. I don't need to do anything. I'm already special. And so then when they come to school and we really want them to work hard and expect them to really be challenged or even when they get into the workforce what happens is that they expect to be told how special they are and that's just not how the world works and so you're kind of setting your child up for failure
1: and i wonder if there are kids out there who are told they're special they're a princess they're the best one the most fabulous i wonder if some of them feel really it doesn't feel that way inside
3: yeah, we have um we have little league teams where every child on the little league gets a trophy. And my nephew, he was probably the worst player and he got a trophy and he was like, "Why did I get a trophy?" I was like, "I have no idea." He even <laughs> felt like he shouldn't get one. Who should get the trophy is the MVP. And when your child says, why didn't I get a trophy? Well, you ain't the MVP. <laughs> That's why you didn't get the trophy. Because if, as long as we give something to everyone, the kids start to learn how to live in a socialist society. And then it's capitalism. It drives me crazy when you've got two kids and it's one child's birthday, but they'll, they'll buy a gift for the other child as well so the other child doesn't feel left out or their feelings don't get hurt. That's just not how the real world works. If you, Frederick Douglass said it best. It's easier to raise strong. Wrong children than to repair broken adults. You don't want to set your child up for failure by um, teaching them a a false sense of self that, oh, I'm always going to receive equal to everyone else. You want to show them sometimes life's not fair, but you need to work hard.
1: Right, right. I understand that I do, but inspiring children is, is really so much of what my life is about that sometimes some of this makes me feel like, oh gosh, you know, I don't want to be too harsh. I want to inspire children to reach for their dreams.
3: Of course, it's a balance. At our school, I think we probably have the most amazing, beautiful, uplifting place. We cheer for our kids. We applaud them when they do well. We praise them. We want them to feel safe and courageous and brave they can go for it but at the same time we're just kind of real with them and we're just kind of honest and if the job wasn't that good we'll kind of tell them and eh, this wasn't your best here and when it was great we'll say no that was really outstanding and we're just kind of real when kids are respectful um then that gets praised as well and we really train them how to be a respectful person we, we train how to give a handshake what do you do if you bump into somebody how do you eat with proper etiquette we teach manners and skills that will help kids throughout life and, and we let them know when they do well, and we let them know when they don't.
1: Move Your Bus, an extraordinary new approach to accelerating success in work and life. New York Times bestselling author of The Essential 55, Ron Clark, is our guest. Now, this book is for everyone, right?
3: Yes, it's a book. Just, just The Essential 55 is more for 55 things my grandmother taught me that we can teach all kids. Move Your Bus is a way that we can all be more successful, whether you're a kid or whether you're a teacher or whether you're in the corporate world. It's about finding ways to do more and to be better. I picture my school like it's a bus, and you could picture your radio station or any business like it's a bus, and basically the bus represents all of our goals. So what we do is we cut holes in the floor, and we Fred Flintstone it. We all put our feet down, and we're trying to move our bus. In every organization, you have some runners who are really doing the best job. They're carrying the bus. They're really going for it. Then you have some joggers, and they do their job, but they're not really a runner, but they do okay. Then you've got some walkers that are kind of being pulled, Pulled by the bus and they're like, everybody slow down. They don't want y'all to do more because it's making them have to go faster and they don't want to be highlighted that they're not working as hard or moving as fast. Then you have some riders and they've picked up their feet and they're kind of coasting on the bus and they're making the rest of us work harder. So the book is kind of about how do we interact with these types of personalities in the world. At work, how do we get everyone to go faster? How, if you are a rider, how do you become a runner? If you're a jogger, how do you move a little bit faster so that you're running? The book lists things that we can all do in the workforce and in life to help to improve so that we're contributing more and helping the bus to go.
1: I love the first three tips. Get there early, wear your good clothes, and say hello.
3: Yeah, some things, the book starts off very simple, and it's just like some simple, common-sense things that we can all do. Dress professionally, get there early. And it's not just get to work early, but it's also if you have a meeting or something scheduled at work, show up on time. One thing that drives me crazy is that we'll have meetings, and it's, the meeting's at 2 p.m., and the runners, the people who are really working hard, they'll get there at 2, but we have to wait because we can't start till everyone's not there. And then I'll have walkers and riders come struggling in at 2.04, 2.05, they don't think it's that big of a deal but four or five minutes in the day of a runner that's a long time and you know to show respect, get there on time. If you're not going to be a runner, the last thing you want to do is to keep the runners from being successful. You want to encourage them. And when you get to that meeting, please, if you're not going to be the one who's going to be doing all the work, you shouldn't be given all the suggestions. Like if we're going to plan a big event and my runners say, oh, why don't we do this? I'll say, yeah, let's do it. Because I know my runners are going to do all the work to make it happen. I hate when a rider or a is like, well, I think we should do this because I know good and well they're not going to show to do the work to make it happen so if you're not going to run there are things in the book that can say here's some tips for you that you might want to sometimes talk less listen more and don't offer up suggestions if you're not going to do the work behind it to make them happen.
1: Wow. Ron Clark, our guest, Move Your Bus is the little red book that everybody should pick up if they want to accelerate their careers. I can think of a bunch of 20-somethings who would really love this book, but I think everyone could gain something from it. And the foreword is by Sean Covey. Why?
3: Um, because he's an outstanding leader, and he is known for the seven habits of highly successful people. And, and the book kind of ties into what he says as well. It's about how to lead better and how to get everyone to be successful.
1: Great. Now, was that a book that inspired you on your way
0: up?
3: Yeah, I think it's many, inspired many people around the country and around the world. It's just habits for being more successful. And it's simple and it's concrete, just kind of like move your bus. And that's why we both get along so well, because our books have such a similar message.
1: All right. So you've got the Ron Clark Academy, and that's in Atlanta. Yes. And you've got the book, Now Move Your Bus, and that goes along with The Essential 55, Things Your Grandma Taught You. That's
2: that's
3: correct.
1: What's coming up next?
3: Um, next is just continue. I teach all day, and so I continue to teach and run the school. And what happens is that people come from around the world every week to watch, and, and that's kind of our mission, to spread our, our passion, to spread our ideas. And thank you so much for having me on the show today.
1: That's Ron Clark. The little red book is called Move Your Bus, and you can find more at ronclarkacademy.com.
0: This is the Health and Happiness Show with Casey on 100.7 WHUD. If you have a question or need more information about things you've heard on the show, email kcradio@gmail.com. at gmail.com. The Health and Happiness Show, information, fun, and inspiration. They just told us right
2: away that we're going to house you, we're going to feed you, and Every single one of his medical bills is just all taken care of.
0: They've saved my family from financial ruin. It allowed me and my wife both to focus on the most important thing, which was the health and well-being of our son. We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. And that's what makes St. Jude so magical.
1: At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food. Because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live.
3: Doctors send us the toughest cases to be treated at St. Jude. And our patients come from all over the world.
2: When we come here, they told me, don't worry, everything being taken care of. We can never repay St. Jude for what they've given us.
0: Because of you.
2: Gracias a ti. Because, because of, of you.
1: you. There is St. Jude. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for tuning in for some health and happiness today. If summer finds you traveling, here's a story to take with you. A traveler came upon an old farmer hoeing in his field beside the road. Eager to rest his feet, the wanderer hailed the countryman, who seemed happy enough to straighten his back and talk for a moment. What sort of people live in the next town? The stranger asked. What were the people like where you've come from? replied the farmer, answering the question with a question they were a bad lot troublemakers all and lazy too the most selfish people in the world and not one of them to be trusted i'm happy to be leaving the scoundrels is that so replied the farmer well i'm afraid that you'll find the same sort in the next town disappointed the traveler trudged on his way and the farmer returned to his work some time later, another stranger coming from the same direction held the farmer and stopped to talk. What sort of people live in the next town? he asked. What were the people like, where you've come from? replied the farmer once again. They were the best people in the world, hard-working, honest, friendly. I'm sorry to be leaving them. Fear not, said the farmer. You'll find the same sort in the next town. Have a great week.
0: You've been listening to The Health and Happiness Show with Casey. The content of The Health and Happiness Show is intended for general information purposes only. The Health and Happiness Show is a presentation of the New York Presbyterian Hudson Valley Hospital Center, a better place to get better. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at caseyradio.com. Join Casey for another edition of The Health and Happiness Show next Sunday morning on 100.7 WHUD.